The Mike Lupica Podcast. New York Daily News columnist and best-selling author. Mike Lupica has covered just about Mike every sport. Lupica. Candid interviews with legends he calls friends. I was talking to Jordan about Woods after the basketball game mm-hmm. the other night. Everybody wants everybody in sports to be the next this guy, the next this guy. And Michael said, no, he's the first Tiger. In your face questions. How much of a dope is he? Compelling. A billion dollar industry, the biggest we've ever had in sports in this country, often comes down to a flip of the coin. This is the Mike Lupica Podcast. Here's Mike Lupica. Hello, and thanks for joining us on the Mike Lupica Podcast today. We will be talking with the great Larry David, who started us off over a year ago. But before we get started with Larry, this from Geico. When shopping for car insurance, consider this. Geico has been saving people money on car insurance for over 75 years. So if you're serious about savings, it's simple. Go to geico.com. After 75 years, they know how to save you money. You were very funny on Kimmel. Oh, thank you. Hey, um, can I eat? I'm starving. You can eat while you do this. Do I, I would expect, it, it, I want, yes, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, okay? I want you to be completely <laughs> yourself. And you eating while you do this would not set Tyler Brewer or I back at all. Are you eating now? I think you went to get food. <laughs> I wrote a column about it yesterday. The Yankees once lost 15 out of 18 at the end of a season and won the World Series. The Yankees lost 15 out of 18 and won the World Series. What year is this? 2000. I wrote a column about this yesterday, okay? And I called Tori about it because I remember that there was a question of whether or not they would even celebrate when they finally clinched the division, which they did in Baltimore on a night when I think they lost 13-2. to two. And, and Tori said, tell them to open the champagne. They earned it. And, and once they got to October, they, they turned back into what uh, they had been. Larry, on August 25th, of all the teams in baseball, the Dodgers were 20 games ahead of the Indians in the standings for the best record in baseball. Okay, yeah. that's three weeks ago. The Indians are now four games behind them. It's this is this is biblical. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I the Indians are just unbelievable. It's, and and when the Yankees played them, you just knew that they couldn't beat them. By the way, this is a Mike Lubica podcast. We've we've already started rolling. I'm talking to my friend Larry David, who is not uncomfortable with me calling him a comedy genius. But we're talking what we usually talk about, which which which, which is about which is about sports, and we're going to talk about curb your enthusiasm. But we're talking right now about the biblical collapse of the Los Angeles Dodgers and the amazing rise of of the Indians. Larry, what's it first like? Of all, first of all, Francona is a fantastic manager. And he proved it to me last year in the World Series when he brought Andrew Miller in in the fifth inning because of game, uh, the of Cubs game had rallied, one. Yep. right? Yep. And when I saw him bring in Andrew Miller in the fifth inning, I thought, that's how, that's how you manage. You, you want to save the game right here, and you bring in your best pitcher. You don't save him for the ninth inning. It's so stupid. It, Larry. It's, I find it so annoying. It started in the first game of their their series against the Red Sox, where he he did the same thing with Miller. It might have been the fifth or the sixth right. inning. And what he right. was saying, and what he was saying is what we when we manage from in front of our television set or from the ballpark, it's exactly what you just said. The game's on the line now. Why are you saving your best pitcher for, I know. for another hour? 
Okay, and if not the fifth or sixth, at least the seventh. If there's a rally in the seventh inning, uh, you're telling me you're not going to bring in your closer when you have a one or two run lead? It's, and they've it's, got they've got runners on second and third. I mean, it's so dumb. It's why Francona, until last year's World Series, had never even lost a game managing in the World Series. He was he was eight and zero. Oh. Okay, tell me what it's like. What it's like right now in Southern California, watching the the the. I think it's sixteen out of seventeen as we're having this conversation. Is that what they've lost? Yeah. Oh my God. I, I didn't realize it was that bad. I'm not really a Dodger fan, so I know. I know. Um, I, I. By the way, since I moved here in, in 1990, I haven't switched to any of the LA teams. I know. I know. No, you're 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 completely loyal to the Yankees and the Jets, which we'll we will get to today. <laughs> yes, that's and, a, that's, and, a, that's a must. <laughs> and the Knicks. You know, I I've been so caught up in baseball lately. I, I picked up the paper today, and there was some charity story about Carmelo Anthony, and I thought, I read Holy, it. Holy I read crap! It. <laughs> he's he's still he's still here. He's yeah, he's still on the Knicks. I know. No, there's been about a, a month of no Nick stories, which is very unusual. I apologized in my Sunday column a couple of weeks ago to a Carmela saying, I know I just haven't been able to, you know, focus enough on your, you know, your situation. <laughs> but there's <laughs> I remember reading that line. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I you know, when I introduce you, it's not nearly enough to call you, you know, um, um, in, in, in a completely open way, a, a comedy genius. I also no, have to. Ident- it's not enough. It's not enough. But, but, no. but I also should identify you as the greatest golf partner i've ever had because now that's now that's a compliment and larry knows this real compliment about a year ago we played golf together and we're 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 playing with these two guys and it's not important to mention who they are kenneth cole the shoe guy and and um so we're we're standing there and they're saying how about we do this bet and do this bet and just do this and finally larry says he walks over and he says how much money do we want to lose today and I said, you know, <laughs> and I, I threw out a figure. And so we scaled down the, 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 the bets and then went out to win about, in my memory, I think we won like 16 out of 18 holes. <laughs> if we had taken all their bets, they would have each had to buy us a car. Yeah, no, we did very well. Very well. I think I had a particularly good round that day, did I not? Oh, you played way better than I did. You played way better than I did. And I think I might have helped you on one hole each side. But you you carried the team all the way to this this crazy par five at the end where there's an opening to the green and water everywhere. And you hit a five wood on the green about eight feet and made it to clinch all the bets. What, no, no. What, is, what is better than that in life? I, I can't think of anything. We'll have more with Larry David, pretty much the funniest man on the planet, after this from Barracuda. In business, risks and rewards come with every decision, like moving to the cloud with Office 365. While its benefits include anywhere access and lower costs, cyber threats and user errors can quickly wipe out data and the money you save. Barracuda Essentials for Office 365 provide an added layer of security and functionality for threat protection, email migration, data recovery, and quality of service. Move securely to Office 365. Visit barracuda.com slash essentials to learn more. Um, We're talking to Larry David on the Mike Lupica podcast, and at long last... 
Curb Your Enthusiasm, Season 9, returns. By the way, thank you. Thank you for that little shout-out in, in your column on uh, Sunday. That well, was, I've been counting nice. down. I've been counting yeah. down every, and, and Larry knows this, okay? Every time I go on a long flight, and, and, and you know, my, my wife will have all these great movies, and she'll have downloaded all this stuff, and she'll look over, and I'm, I will have randomly picked a season of Curb, because I know that no matter what happens, I'm safe now for several hours, and if it's season two or season three, I'm good because I I remember them, but I you know I haven't yeah. committed I haven't committed them to memory. And Let me tell you, nothing nothing pleases me more than when people tell me that they they, they watch it on the plane. I love to hear that. I do it all the time. I've, I've got I'm about to go on a I'm starting a book tour actually. Uh, uh, tomorrow, and then when I finish it, I'm going to go meet my wife in London for a few days, and I'm going to do what I do. I just, it's almost like I, I close my eyes and randomly pick one season and take that with me because I know that's like, you know, however I mean, it's it, it, 10 episodes times a half an hour, and I'm good. I'm just yeah. completely, I'm completely good. <laughs> Despite yeah, the fact that's, that's nice. that there's one bone of contention between Mr. David and myself, and, and I thought that there was a chance for me to be to replace jb smooth and be the the wisecracking black um yeah, sidekick you, you've mentioned that yeah <laughs> and, and you always tell me the same thing you tell me i'm definitely your second choice as soon as jb quits you'll get your audition okay so let, let's talk we're, we're going to talk about the yankees and the jets and and all stuff like that um Tell me about the new season and 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 what it was like to to get back to work. I, we talked while you were filming and 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 what uh, did it take long to get back into the rhythms of doing what it was one of the great shows in the history of HBO? Um, no, it didn't. It didn't take long at all. The um, the writing was exactly the same process, and then the first day of filming, always the first take, I'm a little off on the first take, which I was this time, and maybe even a little more so because it was the day after the election. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the happiest set. Right. So, um, but then I got right back into it, second take, and um, no, it was, it was smooth sailing pretty much from that point on. And every, pretty much everybody is back, right? Yeah, everybody's back. And how have you? It, it, so Cheryl's back, and so how does I don't I don't want to do any spoiler alerts or anything. How do we explain where Cheryl has been? I don't I don't really explain where anybody has been. It becomes very. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, look at you. Where have you been? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. You know, where have you been? You're in the same house. Right. Right. Everything's the same. Sure. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you're not doing the radio show anymore. You're doing this. That's that's a big deal. You know. And I saw I the mean, statement. Most... I saw the statement you issued. What I went away. I did nothing. I came back. I thought it oh, was. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was almost MacArthurian. You know. It was Douglas MacArthur like. Just the way you 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 explain. No, it was. It was. Uh, it was, was Caesarish. <laughs> it was Caesar. <laughs> It was Caesar. We're talking to Larry David on the Mike Lupica podcast. Curb Your Enthusiasm finally returns for season nine on it's Sunday night, October 1st, right? Right. And, right. I, you know, I, I should know this, but, you know, but I, I don't. How many years were you away? 
Was it I six? I think the last time it was on the air was six years ago. Maybe five. I'm not sure. It was five or six. And when you left, when you left, did you think that was it? Or did, was, did, did Richard Plepler and all the guys, at a, obviously they were going to leave the door open. But in your mind, was that the end of Curb? I didn't really know. I kind of thought so, that, that that was probably it. But I never, ever said it was it because I, didn't, I wasn't ready to say that. And it turns out that I, I was right. I couldn't bring myself to say that was it. But I wasn't ready to do it again, obviously. No, I mean, it's, it's, you, you had an amazing run. You know, you, there's a list of people in the history of television who have had, you know, two things, you know, two things like you've had now. You had Seinfeld and, and you've had this. And, and there are other stars who have done that, but it's an extremely unusual team, thing. And, and here's the thing, Larry, the bar had been set pretty high. And, and, you know, we've known each other a long time. So I, I and, and, you know, you'll, you'll allow me to blow a certain amount of smoke at you, but the, the bar had been set pretty high. And, and so your standards have to be high. And, there had to be a part of you saying, well, I'm not coming back if it's not going to be as good as it used to be. Well, that's that's exactly my thinking. Um, uh, that's how I thought on Seinfeld. And because after a while, you're really in competition with with previous seasons. And you want to you want the standards to be the same. And, and um, it's sometimes kind of daunting. To think about it. Especially after you finish a season, you go, oh, how am I going to do another one? Um, how, can I, how can this one be as good as the last one? And so that, can, that really plays into it. Yeah, and it's not like you were doing nothing after you stopped doing. You, you went and wrote and starred in a, a hit Broadway show, Fish in the Dark. Um, I think I texted you over the summer a picture that I still have my Fish in the Dark um, t-shirt with a sold out house from the from the night from previews on that you told me once that when you got near the end you were looking more forward to getting out of the show than you had been to getting out of the army oh for sure yeah yeah i, I mean after a while you just want uh you don't i don't like things scheduled at the same time <laughs> Yeah. I don't like knowing that I have to be at a certain place every single day of the week. Right. It drives you crazy. You know, sure. you'll be playing uh, golf and all of a sudden it's three o'clock. You go, I, I, I got it. It's like Cinderella. You got to you got to get out of there. <laughs> yeah. I remember we were playing golf one day. and It was like, oh, shit, I've got a show to do. Yeah. And I, and I don't like saying the same things every night, the same lines night after night. That's one of the things about Curb that I love, that I, uh, we improvise it. I saw you t uh, talking with Jimmy Kimmel, and, and he apparently is going to be on. Um, uh, what other cameos this season can you tell us about? Um, <clears throat> let's see. Elizabeth Banks is, is going to be on. Yep. Um, Lauren Graham will be on. She plays a uh, love interest. <laughs> Oh, oh, you know, that's a, that's a word I would never use in my life, but only in an interview. <laughs> so Lauren Graham, Lauren Graham of the Gilmore Girls is yes. is is um, is it a is it a recurring love interest? Yes. Yes. Oh, oh it episodes. is. Oh, she yeah. is. Yeah. 
Oh, that, look at you. Well, that's, you know, that's that. I, when, could, I could do worse, right? No, I, I just like the fact that you can, you have the power with the power of curb to just say, let's see, who do I want? Yeah, like? <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> It's a form of it's it's a form of speed dating, but it's different. It's you you've made it work for you on television. Yeah, she was um, she was great. You know, my my literary agent um, represented her on her book and and just loved her to death. Said it's just one of the she's just one of the best people and one of the smartest people that uh, uh, that she's she's ever met from quote out out there we're talking to larry david on uh the mike lupica podcast curb your enthusiasm my favorite show of all time returns on october 1st and um did you w- yeah, she's she's pretty terrific and, I, and brian cranston is also on this year he plays my therapist <laughs> does he really yeah and, and is he is he going to be in more, in more than one episode no he's in he's in one Oh my God! So all right, so we got Kimmel Cranston, Lauren Graham, yeah. Elizabeth Banks. Uh, that's even Weber. Oh, he's great! Um, oh my God, I love him. Wait, let me let me think. I'm leaving out a lot of people, and they're going to be upset. That's okay. Let me see. Uh, I, I can't think of any more right now. By the way, I love Kimmel last night asking you if you like to entertain and have people over. <laughs> <laughs> and i and i and i thought for a moment i said jimmy do you think you're talking to like bob bob david or charlie david because you can't you can't possibly not the larry I've got, david i've got a dining room table that hasn't been used Wait, you have to tell the story. You have to tell the story about your little New York. You told it to Kimmel, but I don't care. I loved it. Tell the story about what your solution was to to dirty dishes and silverware in the sink when you were living in a small New York apartment back yeah, in the day. Yeah, I moved in after college. I moved into this apartment um, in uh, in Hell's Kitchen on 43rd Street between 8th and 9th Avenue, right around the corner from uh, Show World Center. And, um, you know, my parents gave me all these dishes and silverware and, uh, you know, you'd eat and, you know, you don't clean up all the time. And they began to pile up. And then I got sick of seeing all these dishes and, and all the silverware in the sink. Yeah. And I thought, well, what do I need all this for? There's nobody, in, there's nobody in here except me. So I threw everything out except for one plate, one fork, one knife and one spoon. <laughs> I never had to worry about it piling up again. We're talking to Larry David on the Mike Lubick podcast. Okay, so you stop doing Curb, okay, and 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 then you do a Broadway show, which is it's a huge hit at the time. People in New York know how tough the ticket was, um, and I know how tough it was because when I called David to get a ticket, I got nothing and had to go to a secondary market. Okay, so um, um, would you have been happy doing nothing? You you you've got stuff. You, you're in the record no, books. No, I can't. Seven. No, I can't do that. No, I okay, have to do so, something. Okay, yeah, so if work. if you must have considered other things in the time between Fish in the Dark and and season nine occur, right? I mean, people had to be coming with you with stuff, right? Um, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Nobody was coming with anything. Well, I mean, were you writing? You know, I I, I know. No, I was doing stand up. <clears throat> you were really for real? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 uh, I did some stand up, 
And then after I had my, my fill of that, that's when I decided to do Curb again. Did you find that you enjoyed doing stand-up? Um, I mean, that's not that's the wrong way to ask it. Nobody actually enjoys doing stand-up. I, I, I understand what an ordeal you could be. But did you were you one of those guys who just showed up unannounced at the comedy club and did it? I, no, I didn't show up unannounced. I, 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 I told him I was coming in, yeah. I didn't show up unannounced. Oh, so but, did you um, enjoy it? Did you enjoy it? I, uh, I, I loved it the first time because it was all fresh and, and all the material was new. And, um, and I, I enjoyed it somewhat the second time. Not quite as much as the first time, but still, okay. By, by the fourth, fifth, sixth time... I'm on stage going, why do I, why, I've already said this, you know, <laughs> uh, and I knew, like, after that, I said, uh, as I was doing it, I go, I'm not, I'm not going to do this again. You know, it's funny when you say that I, when I go out on these book tours, cause I write these, uh, these, these not sports novels for, for young readers, but I do like two schools a day and then a library or a bookstore at night. And Larry, by like the third day, I'll be I'll be in a gym talking to a thousand kids, okay? And and I'll start to tell a story and I'll actually think, did I tell this story at the end of my presentation at the last school? Yeah, right. Or or did I tell it at the beginning of this presentation? It, at which point the little boys and girls are are, are going to think that that Mr. Lupic is having some sort of an episode right there in the middle of the gym. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's tough to keep track. We're talking to Larry. We're talking to Larry David on the Michael Lubin podcast. So, did you think about writing, you know, the 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 book that I keep urging you to write with me, or did you think about writing a movie? Did you think about writing another television sitcom? You 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 are a writer at heart, so you must have been doing some writing in that period. No, I was doing um, after the play. I, I did some. Uh, I I did stand up. And yeah. Then I, and then um, th- that drove me to curb. Drove <laughs> drove you to curb. It drove me to curb. Yeah. I thought there's nothing I really enjoy more than curb, so why not do it? So, would you like to announce right now that there's going to be a season ten after season nine? I'm I'm definitely leaning. To doing it again for sure. Oh, all right. This is I mean, I'm not. I'm not 100 percent certain, but I'm. I'm. I'm leaning towards it. And it will be the same time slot on Sunday nights. I didn't even ask you that. You mean for this season? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Ten o'clock. Ten o'clock Eastern time. Oh, that's great, Larry David. Um, on the Mike Lupica podcast. Um. All right, we need to talk about sports for a little bit. Yeah. Larry is a crazed New York Yankees fan, and I would say that 99% of our texting involves sports. I, I may be slightly off on my math, but would you say that that's pretty much correct? Mm, 80. Okay, 80%. But I will, I will, sometimes I will, will, will fall asleep after a Yankee game and wake up in the morning and, and, and see that there's a text, <laughs> like a, a SOS message from Southern California, like after Batances has given up a walk-off home run <laughs> to Manny Machado uh, saying, how can you get beat with your second best pitch or whatever you said to me that I night? I don't that- understand why he didn't throw a fastball. Larry, All I curves. was. I was talking. The guy throws a hundred miles an hour. Right, it was crazy. 
I was talking to Buck Showalter after that game, and they they were scratching their heads after he bounced a slider in the dirt to Tim Beckham, their shortstop, or if he strikes right. out Beckham yeah. on the three-two pitch, Machado doesn't yeah. even get to the plate, and then exactly. he does. Yeah. And and Buck said that the way he was pitching that night, he turned to one of his coaches and said, "You know, man, he's sitting on a breaking ball, right?" And they all knew yeah. it in the dugout. And then he threw him a breaking ball, and the guy oh hit it over God. the left center field fence. Oh, it was it was horrible. It was all right, how do you feel really now? They improved at the trade deadline. They slogged around a little bit. Castro being back has helped them. It looks like Judge is starting to come out of it a little bit. Does it? Um, Does it? I don't a know. Little, a little bit. I'll a tell little you what. I, I predicted this. As soon as I saw that home run derby. Oh, I, I know you did. Was, I know. You said it to me. Did you I did tell say you? Yes. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yes, you did. I knew it was going to happen. I knew it. There wasn't a doubt in my mind. I think Never should have been that home run derby. That was ridiculous. See, I'm one of the people who thinks that, that it's a it's a terrible idea for these guys. I think it gets their terrible. swing it gets their swing out of whack, and, oh. and for, it's it's like it's like the slam dunk competition. Except the best players aren't in the slam dunk competition anymore in the NBA, and these right. are the, these right. kids are the best hitters in baseball. Right, right. So bad. It was so bad. Um, I'm really rooting for Greg Bird, though. He's really suffered, that kid, with these injuries. And now he's got back spasms again, I read, uh, yeah, either last yeah. night or today. But, Larry, do you think they can still win the American League East? Uh, the Red Sox have a really soft schedule. But so. the Yankees play, I heard Michael Case say last night that they play 17 out of the last 20 games in New York, counting the two that they're going to play, um, you know, the two at oh, City yeah. Field. So that, yeah, the, the Red Sox do have a soft schedule, but Larry, who would have thought at the start of the season that the Yankees starting pitching might look better than Boston's going, going into the last part of September? Yeah, that's, I know. That's, that's a surprise. And I have to say, Sabathia has really surprised me this year. He's pitched well. Did you weren't watching? I was Did you watch shocked last? because I, I, I thought, you know, I thought he was done. But your manager, who gets a little twitchy, as you know, last night took CC out of a 5-1 game in the fifth inning and brought in Robertson, and, and well, CC did By the way, I don't, I don't mind that at all. I don't, don't. I, I like, I, no, I don't mind that at all. And I have to tell you something. I have more confidence in this Robertson fellow, okay, than I think any other, more than Mariana, this, this Robertson he never misses. He's fantastic. He's I have so great. much confidence in that guy. I love when he comes in. He's been great since they got him from Chicago, and he, he was he, great. He was great before he left. He's going to give Girardi a chance in the playoffs to do exactly the kind of thing that you're talking about that Francona did. Because really, really, even though Batanzas has slumped a little, they now have three closers. They have three closers. Robinson's a closer by 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 profession and by history. Right. Batances is a closer, and it looks like it looks like Chapman has has um, has yeah. gotten back his form after giving up the worst home run of the whole year oh, on that Sunday God night game almighty, to that home run to Devers of the Red so Sox. Bad. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh God, that was horrible. Do you like this team? Do you like this Yankee team? I do. I do like them. Yeah, I love Sanchez. 
And and how about I got to give it to Cashman? He's made some tremendous deals. That yes, he has. Gregorious yeah. trade. That guy is great. He's how had good a, is Didi? He's had a quietly great year. And I'll tell you something: when you can and keep Castro, those when you guys, can keep. Those, I was just going to say when great you, deals. When you can keep Castro on the field, man, doesn't it seem like he gets a lot of big hits? And by big hits, I mean big home runs. Both those guys, for, sure, for a second baseman and a shortstop, they're really good hitters. The Yankees, are, I think they're set there. Yeah, and I, I, I love Bird. I hope he does well. Judge, is, he's, um, you don't turn the TV off when he's on, I'll tell you that. Oh, no. All right, so who would you start in game one of the playoffs? Would you start Tanaka? Would you start Severino? Or would you start Sabathia? Oh, no doubt about it. You have to start Severino. He's been great. No. I, you know, I yeah. started to worry about him last year, and what an arm the kid has. He has an unbelievable yeah. arm. Yeah, no, he's, he's number one. We're talking with my friend Larry David on the Mike Lubica podcast. Much more with Larry after this from Exxon and Mobile Synergy Gasoline. Engineered to provide better gas mileage, lower emissions, and improve engine responsiveness with seven key ingredients. Stop by your nearest Exxon or mobile station today to experience Synergy Gasoline. You know, my friend, I, I have my dear friend, uh, uh, Bill Goldman, who wrote Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and, and won an Oscar for that, won an Oscar for all the president's men. He's the guy who came up with Follow the Money, by the way, Larry. You know, it wasn't Woodward and Bernstein. B Goldman wrote it into the script for all the president's men. It's become part of the uh, uh -huh. language. And the Princess Bride. He always said <clears throat> that the one thing that always made him put him in a comfort zone in, when he was out in Hollywood for any kind of movie meeting was if there was another sports fan in 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 the room do, do you find no and he felt like sports is a common language no do you know what i'm talking about do you find that that yeah, if, there's, if there's one sports fan just one in the room it puts you in a comfort zone yeah absolutely absolutely because you, you there's always something to talk about other than the script and the changes that yeah. somebody might want yeah. to make, right? Uh, we're talking yeah. to Larry David on the Mike Lupica podcast. All right, now I, we have to switch to a, an unpleasant subject. Yes, yes, let's let's get it off. <laughs> by the way, by the way, yeah, the punt. Come on, <laughs> the punt. What I'm are you doing? I wait a minute. First of all. I was shocked. I was checking my phone for an hour after that, and I, I was waiting for the no, you text. Know why? I'll tell why? you why. Because I, I DVR'd the game. I played oh. golf, and then yeah. I came home and DVR'd it. And, um, you know, it was, it was, I was just so disgusted. I didn't want to bother you. <laughs> with, with your, but here's with the your... thing. Here's the difference this year, okay? In previous years... Watching them do stuff like that and screw up and uh, make terrible blunders and then just be thoroughly incompetent, it would, it would, I would be frustrated watching the game, Frust, very frustrated. But now it's kind of win-win. It's kind of as, as they lose-lose. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, what, from Raging Bull, right? If you win, if you lose, you still win. Right. Um, so that it's much different watching it now because I don't I don't care if they lose and if and and I still root for them. I, I kind of I, I was rooting, but not as hard as I normally do. But because I, I was wondering how I was going to react. 
And I discovered that, yes, I was rooting for them to do well, but I didn't care if they didn't. And I didn't get frustrated at all. So that was a pleasure. Now, I'm going to sneeze. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Larry David on the Mike Lubick podcast. Okay. Now, uh, you'll be completely why happy. Are, why, here's the thing. They should be, they should be playing the least conservative brand of football imaginable this year. They shouldn't care. Right. They should be throwing downfield. What do you care? So, so what? You're not going to win playing a normal football game. It, it, he, I just don't get balls at all. I just don't. Well, get I, it. I, I don't think. think he, I thought he was. I thought. I thought they had made a good coaching search and a good hire, and now I do not think they did. And and now, do you have any desire to see them at some point go to Christian Hackenberg? Because what? what, what um, one of no, my sons said. I want to go to Petty first. I I, I think Petty's better. When he when he's healthy, you want you want him to yeah. play Bryce Petty, the Jets. Okay, yeah. but are you? Can you watch? Hey, I want is him it, to go down the line. I, I'd like him to start Petty, you know, next week, <laughs> and see how many, you know, see how he does. And if he if he can't do it, then put Hackenberg in. At least test both of them. There's nothing to do this season other than see these two guys. Right. And Hackenberg is a number a second round draft choice. So at some point you have don't you agree that they have to throw him out there and see if if uh, here's what I don't get. Why can other teams throw people out there? Why did Russell Wilson get thrown out there? Why does the Kaiser from, uh, from on the Browns he gets thrown out there? Now Watson's getting thrown out there. Everybody gets thrown out there except if you're on the Jets. <laughs> And the Jets are the team that has to throw them out there. Well, now, well, all right, let me ask you this about your... The, the, now you, it's, like the, it's like the Bizarro planet. You, now, the, your love of the Jets, you must have been a Namath kid, right? Yes, yes. That's what it's, got me. Namath right. got me. I love you, Namath, and that's why I started rooting for him. Okay, now, but can, are you comfortable with... You know it's good for you... If they lose all their games, like literally, yes. if they, it's yeah. not, it's not like the draft lottery. There, there's not any ping pong balls. If you lose all of your games, you're going to draft the, the and apparently they're going to draft the kid from, uh, SC, even though the kid from UCLA looks pretty good too, off of what he did yeah, against right. uh, Texas A&M. But yeah. so as invested, this one, this is what's fascinating to me about sports fans as invested as you are in your teams. And, and you, again, you've lived in Southern California for nearly 30 years and you have remained loyal to Knicks, Rangers, Yankees, Jets. Okay. Can right. you watch the game knowing that the best thing for you is if they lose. So it sounds to me, if you want them to throw the ball around that you want them to lose, but you want them to at least be entertaining as they're losing. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think they should play conservatively. Right. I, I think they should just, you know, let let the chips fall where they may. But Bowles would never do that. Yeah, at least make it entertaining. But he's he's a um, he's a very predictable coach. But yeah, if they go zero and sixteen, I'll be very happy. Because it may finally get you the best quarterback you have. You think about it. Yeah. They, so, they've had, you know, and of course what will happen is that they'll, they'll draft uh, the kid from USC and then he'll say that uh, he doesn't want to play for the Jets. <laughs> like Peyton Manning. Yeah, like Peyton Manning yeah, said like he didn't Peyton want to play. Peyton Manning, exactly. 
But you think about it, Larry. When you look at the history of this team, this incredibly star-crossed team, since Namath, since Namath, probably the two best quarterbacks that you have had are Vinny Testaverde for that one magical year where we thought they were going to yes, go to the Super Bowl yes, until halftime yeah. of the game against the Broncos, and Chad right, Pennington. Bronco game. Remember that Bronco game? Oh, uh, the fumble. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, I was at the game. I was at the game. Oh, you oh, were? No. That fumble. Yeah. Who, who fumbled? I forgot his name. Keith Byers had a big fumble yeah, in that game. Did. Yeah, okay. And and Parcells, Boy, that, 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 that team and the job he did after he came from New England was one of the great coaching jobs of all time. And until halftime of that game, I think it was 10 nothing. I may be wrong. I think they had 10 nothing at halftime and then yeah. did nothing in the second half. And Elway beat him and went on and won another. Yeah. And the other who's, good who's, the other, who's the other quarterback you're thinking Chad, about? Chad Pennington. Yeah, he was good. He was... He was good, not not franchise, but good. How are you dealing with the current, um, how, how to put this, political climate in the United States of America? Just I, I tell people that if I if I wake up in the morning and and uh, we're still here, I consider that yeah. a good day. You know, you I fluctuate. I'll go I'll go for weeks where I can't look. I I, I just can't I can't listen to anything. I can't read anything. I'm I'm done, and then all of a sudden I get sucked back in. Now, I feel like the past the past week has been kind of quiet. Yeah, I know. I know. Hasn't it? Am I yep. crazy? No, 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 no. It's if 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 the last week had if the first six months had been anything like the last week, I don't believe that it, as many people in this country would be on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, no, you're 100 percent right. This the last week feels kind of normal in a way. Yeah, I mean, he's always going to do dumb shit. I mean, the pardoning of that thug <laughs> sheriff from Arizona is just one of the yeah. dumbest things I've ever heard about that in was, my life. That was but, but but when you can when you can when you can turn on your laptop and go to Twitter and find out that you know that there have been several days where I mean, he's got one today about the fake news media. He's obviously taking a shot at Katie Turr, who wrote a book about him uh, in the campaign. Uh -oh. But you're right. This the, maybe it took a couple of natural disasters. I wrote a column the other day saying when he went to t Houston, I said that was just an example of a hurricane visiting a hurricane. Because right. if, you, if Larry, if you think about this presidency, you maybe can only grade it the way they grade these storms. Like Trump has a category two week. He has a category <laughs> three week. Right. We've been living through category five, fours and fives for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. And and until the last few days, the freaking storm never blows out to sea. It's just a constant state of emergency. And and you know, I listen. I don't want. But they'll nobody. never. They'll never wake. They'll never wake up to what's going on in the, with the climate. They'll they'll just never. They'll never do anything about it. I wrote a column in Monday's Daily News. I read about, it. It was great about this very subject. That that to yeah, deny this now is a, it's just shameful and stupid and the idea that these storms aren't getting worse and they aren't coming with more frequency and larry here's the thing you know these climate deniers want to say well no climate change and global warming doesn't cause hurricanes nobody's saying that it causes hurricanes i understand that hurricanes have been around for as long as we've been around but they're getting worse and and it very good column today in the uh, uh in the times uh, uh, really good op-ed piece i forgot the guy's name dave Le leonard 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 yeah leonard yeah that, I, yeah yeah really oh, no, good. he's, about, a, he's about, a, about this about this subject 
it's frightening. And and listen, you've got kids. He was I've even got able kids. to explain it to a moron like me, so I can understand it. Well, you know, the, the the guy Jeffrey Kluger from Time Magazine, who I quoted in my column the other day, that was a terrific piece about warm water and and, and hot air, and you know, yeah, you know, yeah, that that's that's what uh, the guy was right. Leonard was writing about. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right in the paper today. Yeah, I mean, it's, the warm but, water, the hot air, yeah, all that. And and for the and for that dope Pruitt who runs the EPA now to say oh. the other day this isn't the time to talk about this and I'm saying hey asshole what when do yeah. you think would be a good time right <laughs> yeah they did the same thing after this after all the shootings it's not a good this is not the time to talk about it guns yeah yeah well, let's not have a conversation about guns let's uh, well, not have a conversation you know, these, about race. look it's the same it's the same party that want to, you know mental mental patients to be able to buy a gun. So what, what can you say? We're talking to Larry David on the Mike Lubica podcast. I've kept him longer than I said I would. I want yeah, to ask I got to get to work. All right. Let me ask you one more question. One more question. Yeah. I've always wondered about this. One episode of Curb, how long does it take to do? You mean to write and... No, and, no. From, and, from, from, from putting it up on its feet the first day, is it, do you still do it in a week, in, in, over the course of one week, one show? Oh, it's about... Um, to film one show takes about seven days. It does. Yeah. And and it sounds like you had a ball doing it again. Oh, Mike, I had the time of my life. It was really a blast, I have to say. And I don't say it very often. I'm I'm really lucky. Well, listen, I, you know, I, I, I've been doing a countdown every couple of weeks in my column. You know how much I love the show. You know how much I want you to do well. Not that you need me to root for you to do well. I, I'm so glad it's back on the air. I'm, I'm going to I'm not even going to ask you what season I should take with me to England. But um, October 1st, 10 o'clock. Curb Your Enthusiasm is back, and everybody loves the show the way I love the show. Is, is glad to hear that news. Larry, thank you so much for doing this today. You're welcome. I'll talk to you soon. I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you on the 27th for the premiere of Curb Your Enthusiasm in New York City. Um, thank you again, Larry. It's always great to talk to you. Okay. Take care, Mike. Uh, the great Larry David on the Mike Lupica podcast. He was our very, Tyler Brewer, our producer, knows this. He was our very first guest. Um, our audience has grown substantially since then. But talking about that show with him, talking about sports with him, this. Again, this is one of the giants in recent comedy history. Seinfeld and this in the same career. That's all. It's like we were talking a couple weeks ago. Paul Anacone coached Pete Sampras and Roger Federer in the same lifetime. Larry David's having that kind of run going with two of the iconic shows of all time. October 1st, 10 p.m. Please subscribe to this podcast. Please download it. Go to the comments section. I'm sure Larry gave you a lot to talk about today. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, everybody. The Mike Lupica podcast is produced and distributed by Compass Media Networks in conjunction with Hiltzik Creative. For iPhone users, go to the podcast app and search the Mike Lupica podcast. Click on the Mike Lupica podcast icon and subscribe. For non-iPhone users, you can listen on Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast platform. 